Second Bananas is recorded on unceded Indigenous land belonging to the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Unceded means that this land was never surrendered, relinquished, or handed over in any way. We support the various strategies that Indigenous peoples use to protect their land and their communities, and we commit to working in solidarity with them. We acknowledge that as people living and working on these lands, we are accountable to those who have cared for this land since time immemorial. It is our intention to continue learning how to honor this responsibility. Side of going back to like the compulsion of capital, you know, you you need to like bolster your CV and like yeah. flat, <laughs> flower that shit up, and then like really go for it. Like I can, you know, I'm gonna fucking step on next for you guys. I'm gonna fucking kick grannies out of the way. For, I am for an expert at stepping just on to next. make you guys profitable. I know and exactly. Like, I am an expert at exploiting opportunities. I am an expert, you know. So you yes, I like what I'm hearing. Like that on yeah. a CV or like you in got an the job. interview, right, or whatever. But I mean, to be honest with you, some some of that shit you got to be able to back up a little bit. Too, a little. Right? Well, I mean, I'm not talking about the granny stuff. Level, joke, and then but... nobody ever, nobody ever questions. Once you get right. to a certain level of authority, then people can't question you, and you can be as shitty as you want, and people will just be like, "Of course he's great. Look where look where he got to." Look where he got mm-hmm. to. He's like the president of a whole company. Of course, he must know something. Also, yeah, and I feel like he's the um, director. He wouldn't make a bad movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I do feel like, I, and maybe not necessarily true in creative disciplines, but outside of creative dis- disciplines, after you get past a certain level in like the hierarchy, your job is really just to like make sure that everyone else is doing the productive shit yeah and like absorb drama and conflict and bullshit and impose like order and initiatives and shit from the top right yeah blunt those contradictions baby yeah to be like the in-between between like the actual decision makers and owners and like Mm -hmm. the people who produce everything craig you you hit on something which i think is actually something that i i do excel at and i might be an expert at and that is is jacking off be close. Are we both but... experts in jacking off? No. Actually, I am. I, I I'm pretty yeah. high level. Okay. Jack off. Good. 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 Okay. But no, you mentioned something about absorbing bullshit, and I think I think that could be my mutant power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> You've I absorbed mean, enough of my bullshit over the years. <laughs> that's the thing is, no. if you have the disposition for it, that can be a pretty valuable thing. Yeah. You know, you're like a human shield for the person who probably deserves that bullshit mm-hmm. much more than you or the people or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Right. I want to cover your ass. Always just say in conversation loudly, you're writing your memoirs and you're close <laughs> to finding a publisher. Exactly. That's a really good one. I'm going to remember that. This is going to be uh, a great okay. anecdote <laughs> Yeah. for the third act of my memoir. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be in the triumph and return section of my memoirs for sure. <laughs> yeah, 
most triumphant. Yeah. Uh, speaking of memoirs. Yes. Speaking of 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 the past and mm. re- re- recounting it. Uh, welcome everybody to Second Bananas, the podcast about history's greatest Garfunkels, the clout behind the clout that you didn't know about. Um, yeah, we find uh, people, places, things, ideas all throughout history, uh, far history, near history. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Uh, and we, and then we take them and we talk about them um, in a context that hopefully brings more information to light on them, gives people a little more appreciation for them, and uh, just generally entertains you for about an hour to an hour and a half, maybe even two hours if we get saucy. Right. Uh, you know me, I'm Joe. Hey, I'm Wes. You may know me. And I'm Craig. You may think you know me. <laughs> you don't know him at all. You have no idea. Craig, you, you guys no don't idea. even know the amount of the amount of drugs behind Craig right now on the Zoom call <laughs> is insane. I've never seen I've never seen that many drugs. And I used to take pictures at police press conferences. Uh, <laughs> That's where I got some of this. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was your all- spice rack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what oh, that's what it. that's that's what they call me. <laughs> like, mm. hey, yeah, you want to come over and check out the spice rack? Yeah. Oh, hell honey, yeah. this dinner just isn't doing it. I gotta go to the spice rack. Ooh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So today, uh, we have a fun little thing brought to us by Wes. Wes is leading the charge today, and that oh, is yeah. none other than take it away, Wes. Um. Yeah. So. There's there's been some stuff, some events that have gone on, I guess, uh, since our last pod. What kind um, of events? Uh, kind of like, kind of like geopolitical, military operation event type things. Oh, interesting. Are yeah. you talking about Syria? Uh, no, no, no. I was talking more about the uh, Palestine. The, then. Is that no, you're talking about no, Palestine? No, no. What oh. about um? Uh, I don't know, another conflict. Another conflict no. that the U.S. is involved in, but that never gets any press <laughs> no, on the news. No, no. Somalia. There we go. Somalia. Uh, <laughs> Somalia? Yes. Was it Somalia? I was thinking about doing the Somalian stuff, but um, I, I I decided to focus on the on what has already the biggest spotlight in the news, which is... Yeah, uh, well, we got to yeah. grab some of the... You know, we got to get that SEO going, right? right? Yes, so, yeah. and decided we can leave those other conflicts... Uh, whatever hundreds of meters underwater where they're, <laughs> they're likely to stay uh, for a long time <laughs> yeah. mm, skating. Yeah. skating commentary on yes yeah. no, we got to focus on the new hot conflicts we that are, are experts that in are getting all, all the, military the, the hashtags on twitter yes uh, right now yeah um so yes i'm referring to to uh russia's invasion of ukraine um, which yes has gathered and Ukraine's brave democratic resistance to it, and uh, and Amazingly and brave, all yes. and the fact that they are like basically like a Marvel superhero and and have done absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, no, and absolutely. are the perfect exemplars <laughs> of of how to conduct a fair and honest war. There's a lot. All there's right, a lot to be Joe. said. All right. <laughs> no, I do think it's um, really important and good to defend your home to defend your country yeah that's think, the way our that's the way our world works and i don't think anybody deserves to get their fucking country invaded i think um, yeah by I, any I, means. I, and if it were i don't know i don't think you can begrudge anyone defending their yes home once absolutely invaded. i i don't i i don't want to come across as too flippant um 
or annoying and i and I, but like again like uh do you guys know me have you heard a pod an episode of this podcast before yeah uh, exactly of course well there's and we can get all we can get all that stuff out from. of the way but, um and, and let west tell his story but for no, no, sure, i'm gonna talk longer it is it is pretty hilarious to like just kind of see the reactions when in like george like Bush was oh. like seen like I don't know doing some like something for Ukraine and everyone's no, like wasn't Aww. it like Condoleezza it like, Rice went oh, on CNN it? and was oh. like you can't invade a sovereign nation that's oh. that's a war crime <laughs> and it's like uh or then what? and I mean I think this is part of the reason Wes why you did like why you kind of chose this episode too right like what we're talking about what I'm being so glib and flippant about is sort of the uh the 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 tone of the conversation uh about um the this the the subjects of this imperial power that have invaded ukraine uh and the way they're kind of some of them are kind of getting treated by uh the press and just uh, for being from where they are from yeah that actually yeah that is kind of one of the the reasons that that did spur this like i I was um, like I had seen some of the the, the Russian owned uh, kind of shops in in Vancouver that had been vandalized, um, like whether really? they had like their their like windows smashed or, or paint thrown on their doors or, yeah. or things like that, um, and it's like it's like yeah you can you can understand why people are like outraged at the the things that Russia is doing right now, but I mean the. I don't see the connection. Well, and <laughs> yeah, it's just like the the Russian people aren't exactly to blame for this. This is this and is we've really got Putin's war, but we've well, we've got this whole thing of like it, all of a sudden we're getting bombarded with this press coverage of, of oh the of propaganda war. is white hot though too. Yeah, it's just so and, yeah, and the thick. drums are getting pounded and like. I think just people are feeling like they have to do something and well, that, that unfortunately spills over into sometimes uh, violence. And again, like we talk about, we, we like, you know, like you violence is a fact of life. It doesn't mean it's good, you know, and that violence like, but like when, when you do this kind of thing, when you, again, when you whip up this sort of frenzy for like, to take a side on a admittedly divisive and understandably so issue with, you know, like, you know, whether or not you, you sort of come down, whatever you come down on the side of it, it's like, we have this media apparatus that has sort of been sluggishly reporting and, and just tired of telling people that they have to, you know, like deal with this pandemic and yes, they have to go back to work. Well, they have to wear masks, but they don't always have to wear masks. And like, so I think there's like, there's something new and and and, change, and definitive and, and, and definitive. like this is black yes. and white and this is the most evil that anything's ever been and yeah. not wow. only, it's so it's so <laughs> evil that in fact this one individual not one individual but like the apparatus behind mm-hmm. the the ruling elite in this one country and uh extrapolating from that and being like and every single one of these 150 million people or however many people there are in russia and however many people there are in the Russian diaspora around the world or whatever, who have that heritage, like this has absolutely nothing to do with those people. And granted, there might be some people who are like, yeah, fuck yeah, 
fuck Ukraine or yeah. whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, you know, own, own that position there. and like figure that out and you're going to get what's coming to you, I guess, or whatever, but just for being Russian, please, mm-hmm. or for having been Russian in terms of like being yeah yeah or like an yeah, artist like, or a composer or a author or right. something like I, are you kidding me this is silly this is getting I, like yeah, this is like is. they're turning us into russians ourselves they're <laughs> turning us into the evil no. that we so despise right. <laughs> and it did and it it kind of made me think of like what what we kind of saw um throughout the pandemic which with like the like indiscriminate hate crime towards a lot of Asian people. Oh, that, yeah. It's yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, yeah. and again, like, not to be like, I, I get that, like, the US is a nation that has interests. And those are often opposed to the, the nation of China. And, um and, and such and such. And, but you, there is also a lot of this, there is similar talk from media pundits, and, you know, like, mouthpieces of administrations, you know, both the the one before this one and the latest one that, uh, you know, border on xenophobia and, you know, Great like time. maybe this, maybe one administration said it loud and the other says the quiet part or says it in a masked way that can be, but. But they're both saying the same thing you in a roundabout you, way. Like you, you, you can't help but notice that these, 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 you know, uh, people doing violence against ethnic groups whether or not they count as white people or not um seem to rise whenever this stuff starts to penetrate the news sphere and come out of these these people in positions of power and authority um and again not to say that they're directly responsible and that they should be like any any act of violence is directly on their heads um you know like i've said some dumb things on this podcast so i i don't want to get in trouble for those uh but you know we if you're if you're going to go out and say those things you have to accept some culpability for what happens and and we it's especially like the like if that's the other thing is like you kind of look at this russia stuff and the way the media is treating it as like a practice run for china in a way because russia is the easy one because they've got putin and they they're you know they're they've got this really obviously just extremely corrupt kleptocrat who doesn't even put on a much of a pretense of actually giving a shit about democracy or people's rights or whatever, or whatever you think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can't help but wonder what comes next. Right. Oh, big time. Yeah. Right. yeah. And and that's kind of the other reason why I, I wanted to do this is because um, what does come next is, is, is what's on a lot of people's minds. And uh, I think uh, whether or not like they think like you know world war three could be on the other side of this or if if nuclear weapons end up getting used in this fight or or escalates into just like another uh you know kind of using these these medieval tactics of like starving cities or or you know kind of war crimes like that that we haven't seen since well i mean we have seen we have (laughs) i mean we have seen let's be real yeah yeah and so and I think, like, I, I definitely want to let you get on with your episode, Wes. I think oh, no, my, maybe my, my last thing that I would say is along those same lines of, like, this isn't the first time we've seen war crimes no. recently. No, this no. isn't even close to it. And no. I feel like the, the shame is, is that, and it's what about the, This and isn't even West, the first time yeah. we've seen war crimes West from Putin explaining. recently. No, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. He's but been blowing re- up Syria for years. The reality right. is, is that if the West hadn't given him 
such a wide like birth in terms of leaving him to do as much shitty stuff as he has but also in kind like provoked passively through the expansion of nato towards the very like edges of russia which is against agreements that have been made geopolitical like agreements that have been in place for decades and then also just violated the international order and law etc that's held up as such an important thing in this moment then he wouldn't have so much impunity and so much of a basis to do this and be like well what the fuck are you gonna do the united states has literally been doing what putin has been doing since i was a a kid like longer than that but like and so for them to not expect i don't know that this is like as it as atrocious and fucking horrible as uh of a of an action as it is to Mm -hmm. like invade and to persist in an invasion in this way like they they've been like taunting him they've been like oh you just wish you could do this you just wish you could do what we did in iraq you just wish you could do what we did in libya what we did in afghanistan what we did in pakistan what we've done in yemen what we did you know somalia all like through these proxy things and you know a lot of different countries do that shit but the west fucking milks that for all it can Right. Yeah, and then know. turns around and is like, "Oh, well, you can't invade like democracy, guys. No, democracy, you're right. You can't invade, but also like, what the fuck are you gonna do? You have you have no leg to stand on, like morally speaking. And in fact, you're in such a fucking weird strategic position against Russia with a European like alliance and half of Europe like so dependent on Russia." Like, of course, he's going to fucking tighten the tighten the grip on your fucking nuts in this situation and make it like make the Ukrainians scream, make, you know, I guess the European like energy uh, market scream, whatever, whatever needs to happen. It's all it's all in Putin's favor. All he wants is this fucking attention. And right. The fact that like they would, you know, like make all these overtures to get get their fucking get American capital into Ukraine, you know, talk about adding them to NATO when it's explicitly forbidden. And then, and then to, to, to then like, okay, you're going to do this, this sort of like proxy war, build this alliance that protects U S interests around the globe. And you're going to tell the Ukrainians, Oh yeah, yeah. You guys, you know what? Throw this guy out, throw this guy who loves Putin and is kind of corrupt out guy who's funny. And then, yeah, you'll totally join NATO. And then all of a sudden Putin's like, uh, excuse me, start shooting. And Ukraine's like, Hey guys, uh, he's shooting us. And to just be like, NATO guys, Uh, sorry. (laughs) Nope. Well, I, that's like the most hypocritical thing of all. And it's like, obviously I don't want to start a nuclear war, but, yeah, what do you do when you've been promising something that you know can only result in this kind of situation? Bad faith, you know, Super like bad faith. But I like the level of like if you're bad faith mm-hmm. negotiating with nuclear conflict and with Ukrainian civilians in the fucking like up at stake there, like I I don't view you as having any moral high ground over. Uh, someone like Putin 
Yeah. Like you, you knew what you were doing. You were going into that situation. European leaders, West Canadian, American leaders, like everybody was like, okay, here's our little pawn, move the pawn over to the next spot and fucking let's intimidate the fucking queen. Or whatever. That, mm-hmm. This is the move. So you, you stand by your fucking move, and of course they're backfilling with all the the propaganda and everything like that. I just don't. I don't know. Like these people are all fucking despicable, as far yes, as I'm concerned. Absolutely. And and all the people who are suffering, whether it's the Russians who are getting, um, you know, uh, stereotyped and getting discriminated against for just for being where for, from where they're from, or whether it's the Ukrainians who are fucking dying for living in the country that they live in well and then you know certain ethnic minorities within the ukraine oh being suddenly like suddenly garbage you know that's how they're always treated there ukraine has had to turn to these right-wing militias just to defend themselves and now you know obviously i the the other thing that this war has done that i think is proven distinctly is like social media does not inform us if any if anything it, it's designed it's going to confuse us because there has been so much propaganda and there has been so much bullshit spewing from both sides of the media but like quote unquote like the russian prop like people talk about russian propaganda disinfo well it's happening everywhere and it's not just bad actors who are you know like trying to disinform us it's people who are actually trying to do reporting but uh are reporting on a war that is mm. happening in the first like like war that is heavily covered by social media and the focus of the media in the social media era and we've seen so much disinformation but what we are seeing is like these fucking right wing militias are now we're seeing footage of them coming out terrorizing romani people black ukrainians jewish ukrainians etc cetera, etc cetera. and then the war machine just kicks in and says no 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 they have a jewish president of course never mind that this jewish president is buddies with the guy who funds these right wing militias so and did like a cartoonish car, um advertisement to extinguish Muslims like cockroaches or yes, some shit. Like exactly. That. Jesus right? Christ. I didn't know what? that. And just truly, truly like, again, I think bringing it back around to this media disinformation sphere, like, again, this trickles down to the individual level and it affects us. And all of a sudden people are doing things like smashing up a Russian tea house yeah. for no fucking reason, you know, like, pressuring universities to kick Russian students out or like just not putting Tchaikovsky on at a fucking (laughs) opera house. Like that's going to help Ukrainians. Like, and again, I think what I, and Wes, I, Craig and I have just both gone off on our favorite topic. No, this is great. uh, (laughs) Yelling about uh, American hegemony, but uh, uh, your subject today is a really good example of someone who uh, in the end kind of resisted that in a different time period. So um, why don't you go ahead and give us, get us to the meat of the episode as it were. Uh, Yeah. So the person in question I'm talking about, uh, his name's Stanislav Petrov. Um, Not a a super famous person, um, but. Must uh, stand. Yeah. Yeah, We stand, stand. We stand with stand. Um, but, but he was a, he was a hero of the, the later days of the cold war and, um, he probably should have been lauded, uh, for what he did. Um, but, uh, Russia, or I guess like the Soviet at the time seemed pretty content to kind of sweep him under the rug because 
maybe the things that he did didn't, you know, shed the the Soviet military in such a great light. So um, yeah, you can't really celebrate. Yeah. Like, yeah. Disrupting the chain of command, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, um, I can, because I'm not yeah. a, I'm not a massive state apparatus. <laughs> no, exactly. No, I, but yeah, absolutely. I certainly do. But yeah. you being, yeah, exactly, <laughs> a, ma- <laughs> a massive uh, state apparatus that is dead set on bolstering its own image in the international. I mean, arena. to be fair, representation wise, we do need to have more massive state apparatuses on the show. We're not, <laughs> we're not getting those voices on the mic and we need to, but nevertheless. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, like I mentioned, like I kind of wanted to talk about him because uh, I kind of want to talk about this, you know, this, this, this Russian kind of hero that, that I think ultimately did save you know, hundreds of millions of lives, uh, literally that could have almost, resulted, hundreds of millions the, of lives that probably were resulted from initial nuclear strikes and then nuclear fallout. Bi- billions of lives we're thinking probably saved the human race. Fallout. Yes. Yeah. Poss- possibly allowed us to continue destroying the planet for another no four years. No hyperbole <laughs> saved humanity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no joke. Um, so no yeah, cap. He, was, he was born on September 7th, 1939 in Vladivostok. 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 Um, yeah, I think that's a it's southern southeastern Russia. Uh, his father was a fighter pilot. His mother was a nurse, um, but he don't think he had a great relationship with his parents um, because by the time he was seventeen, he felt that he was being pushed aside by his parents, and they were urging him to go into the military. Uh, so he he didn't really feel <laughs> like, like he had. Please, we have yeah. two potato per day. Stanislav, you must go into military so we can give potato to eldest son, Vlad. Vlad. No, actually, his younger, his younger son. Oh, oh, younger baby. Yeah, you must protect baby son Vlad. Exactly. Who look like potato? (laughs) The villagers confuse him all the time. It is very dangerous. Yeah, he did have a younger brother, and his. uh, He always felt that his mother kind of. Uh, favored his younger brother and so he he never felt like his mom really gave him too much love and affection uh, because that was always uh, showered on his younger brother pick the um, wrong son sorry yeah, sorry yeah. Uh, mrs petrov which is sad but um petrovska did, i don't know i actually i was looking for his brother's name i did not find it at it's least vlad. it wasn't on wikipedia it's, it's vlad, was it vlad vlad the potato as we have established right. <laughs> <laughs> what we I'll say here is, is true folks so despite seeming uh like he was somewhat unloved he did still get a civilian uh, education so he did go to school but um it wasn't too long after that he finished high school that he went off to the military and didn't really talk to his family that much anymore um because he mm-hmm. felt that he kind of didn't have strong ties with them. He he just decided to stay in the military, even though he really didn't have where, much of a desire to be there. Where did was he this, train? Yeah, where was it? Uh, uh, uh. Kiev. Wasn't it? Yes, it was in Kiev. Ukraine. Thank you. It was he's, in Ukraine. So he's an honorary Ukrainian, really, if you think that's about right. it. That's right. It's right. He trained in, <laughs> in Kiev. Fuck, I had that. That's probably, that's probably what kept him from be, having that natural bloodthirst that most russians have obviously 
Right. All oh, right. Here. Yeah. The his time in Ukraine aviation. military school. Right. Yeah. The Ukraine. Ukraine. Civilized I'm going to fuck. Him. I'm going to fuck the Ukraine. The Ukraine thing up so many times. Listeners, just scream it out while you're listening. I'm never going to get it right. And then email me. What, anyway, what, what Ukraine thing? You, the, whether it's the, oh, Ukraine the Ukraine or Ukraine right. or whatever. Ukraine. I'm, right. No, it's not the Ukraine. Isn't it? I thought it no, was. It's not. It's just Ukraine. It's I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the contrarian <laughs> and disagree. Is, I am like ninety nine percent sure it's just Ukraine. All right, fine. <laughs> but I don't agree. You can yell at me if it's the Ukraine. I I don't. That's think what I'm it saying. Is, just yell at us. Yell yeah. while you're listening to the podcast. That's <laughs> right. what I do when people get things. Please don't yell at me. <laughs> no, no, don't Craig, yell at Craig. Craig, Craig can't handle that kind. Craig's of our baby boy. Vibe. Yeah. yeah. Please shelter me from the yelling. <laughs> yeah. Started training up uh, on his military stuff. Uh, he's he's kind of in focusing on like the air defense uh, side of things. Um, but while he is um, kind of getting his military training, um, the Cuban Missile Crisis takes place. Whoa. And I want to posit this as the story's top banana. Oh, if we want to pick a person good. where we could say, sure, this is like the, we'll say JFK, Khrushchev, and Castro will be our top bananas. Because yeah. this was the, but that's like the escalating event that led to like the, well, the the moment that made him famous, right? Yeah, well, exactly. no, I, well, yeah. Well, so there was the Cuban well, Missile Crisis, um, which was and, like a step up. And then the next step was where anyways carry it on. could be i so the cuban missile crisis is what usually gets all the attention as exactly. the cold war yeah. story that where we came so close to yes. blowing but everything it's describing up. like a bit of a sequence of events really yeah kind of yeah, yeah. It, it, like it, that really kind of like kind of folded out over months or i and guess as, a couple guess, weeks where things were yeah. really hot as and, a crisis indicates yeah 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 okay. and do we want do we want to maybe just for context uh our listeners are very smart and they read a lot of books and they know things but maybe yeah, just can, for a new listener or someone who just didn't have time to read that for book, sure yeah uh, i didn't i didn't put this in the notes either context. but yeah so basically cuba had recently ca- like become a communist government and yes the, the u.s is basically like not in my backyard and so like Castro thought Mar. the U.S. was was planning doctrine. Mar. Yeah, Mar. it was. So Castro was basically convinced uh, that the U.S. <laughs> had a full-scale invasion planned, uh, partially because they had kind of already done this Bay of Pig things, which was like a covert uh, U.S.-sponsored coup, basically that had failed. That um, was fucked up royally in the best way. Paul, if you um, blowback podcast season two, I really enjoyed it. Um, we're oh, giving okay. free advertising to them. Nice. Uh, really to goes into out. depth on the basically the revolution all the way up to now, and a couple episodes are focused on the Bay of Pigs and the Cuban Missile Crisis. Really great. Yeah, but yeah. So it was a while. So this is like kind of touches on what we were talking earlier. How like the U.S. kind of just would kind of push the line when it came to uh, you know pissing off communist countries. It would seem, but. Uh, well, yeah, because what did they do? They, in yeah, order so to after, sort of like, oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, after like kind of the Bay of Pigs thing failed, um, the U.S. had already kind of been stepping up their kind of missile stations. They had stationed some some missiles in in Italy and Turkey, uh, which are are you know close to close to the Soviet Union, where they could easily launch airstrikes yeah. from those and basically, you know send missiles into the heart of it was literally uh, the equivalent the to 
to the USSR putting missiles in Cuba in terms of like yeah. how easy it would be to to nuke a nuke each country. Right. Essentially. So- so that obviously alarm bells were going off in the Soviet Union once they noticed that was going. And so like they started kind of thinking of ways that they could, you know, even even the odds of it, because at this point, you know, the U.S. had hundreds of ICBMs um, and I think like intercontinental ballistic the missiles computers? that could uh, <laughs> no, like the those would be intercontinental oh, ballistic missiles. Bill Gates like, was oh. there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew oh, he was involved in this. I mean, plan that too. <laughs> He's all over gonna, this shit. That was gonna, the first pandemic. I'm not putting this one past the conspiracy theorists yeah, that, yeah. that Bill Gates was behind the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> all right. Maybe because he invent, also invented time travel. We need to look yes. into this. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> no, he hasn't invented it yet. It's he will. A future, right. yes. He it's will fu- invent it. It's like yeah. future cyborg Bill Gates. He invented in the future past. Yeah. Which exactly. he also invents. <laughs> he has his entire domain over the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so basically, uh, USSR uh, wanted to do something to even the score um, with with like kind of the nuclear arms race. Uh, so what they did was, uh, even though they didn't have a lot of ICBMs, kind of like the US did, they had tons of you know medium and short range missiles, which if stationed properly, could easily hit the US. And so that's kind of when this deal was made between Cuba and the Soviets to um, secretly transport missiles from Russia to Cuba. Uh, And that was a bit of a gamble because obviously if they were caught, like the United States would do something about it, which is exactly what happened. They'd be super pissed. Plus they probably had to take those missiles through the Bermuda Triangle, which is no easy feat. Dangerous, dangerous. Dangerous territory. I've lost several warships to it in Civ 6. Sucks. (laughs) Really sucks. Who even knows what would happen if you lost a nuke in there? Yeah. Right? I think this is how like Atlantis started. Yeah, you might give Atlantis a nuke and then they'll be pissed. They'll be like fucking surface dwellers. We're gonna blow the fuck out of those surface dwellers. But then Michael Bay would be like, "Yes, hallelujah! This is what I've been looking yeah. for. I, I can, I can shoot this." In the in the in the in the, in the post nuclear future, they will yeah. only show my movies, and this will be my crowning jewel. Everything is bullet time. <laughs> All movies are Michael Bay. It's like the it's like Michael the Taco Bay Bell future from movies. Demolition Man. <laughs> a, a true utopia, honestly. Yeah. Artistic right. bounty. <laughs> for all but particularly for him uh so yeah so so yeah the missiles that were being transported from russia to cuba were spotted by american spy planes and then reported to uh jfk who got all his big military brains together and tried to come up with what to do about the situation and i think they laid out like six possible courses of action one do nothing two use displum do diplomacy to pressure the soviets to change course three threaten castro that's always on jfk's list i think uh i think well i think like in a way jfk if you if you're looking for a person who's sort of the first banana is like jfk gets a lot more credit for sort of being anti-nuclear war and the guy that de-escalated things and i again i don't want to say that he never he didn't obviously he was he did he did piss off the cia enough for them to not care if he got assassinated or whatever you want to believe uh but he did end up clashing with the cia 
and and over and the, the, I think the Dulles brothers and everyone else involved in the CIA specifically over uh, open trying going and trying to get like start actually instead of this lar- larger brinksmanship thing that would only lead to more of these kind of diplomacy. Yeah. He did he did eventually try and sort of like try to to not go that way. So I, mm-hmm. I think but it, I think it's a good point that like he did get a lot he gets a lot of credit for like doing the bare minimum really well, i think i think what he gets um, credit for is is basically well, being the, sexy obviously he's the, the sexiest yeah. president it's clearly well i mean after trump but after yeah. trump yes <laughs> well trump trump just doesn't you can't touch trump there's no candle there's no, no it's not uses, even close he yeah. just uses sex yeah. appeal yeah yeah it's true he definitely especially uses if, yeah. something especially after those breast implants hey oh, yeah. call back <laughs> to a very old bonus episode anyway yeah i i just if if you're look if if the listener is looking for a face to look at and be like Ooh, you stole Stanislav's glory jfk is a good one that's all yeah well, it's think, good i think that one of the reasons why he gets credit is just for not for going against his advisors i guess who yes. were all yeah who were saying you you should whatever go ahead with your full-scale invasion push the of button, cuba J- and, john push and, the yeah. button push the red button yeah no i think this brings okay okay i don't want to jump too far ahead or anything like that or like jumble up the order of no. things but there is like i i really like this joe that you pinned down the top banana i think if you maybe lived in cuba or in Russia, or sorry, in the Soviet Union, maybe you would think that like Castro, or Mm, mm. I don't know, I feel like it would probably wouldn't be the Soviet leadership at the time, because, but you know what I mean, the people in terms of people who are trying to, like, the cooler heads that were trying to prevail, or that or that humanity needed to prevail, right? And framing it as the second banana. Um, you know, Stanislav is one soldier at the level that he is at. Right. Um, and with the pressure that he has, like the, right. the military hierarchy of command and like his leadership and the expectation of whatever his context is. And then like the American president resisting exactly. in his position. And like, if you're measuring like power relative yeah. to like the apparatus that you're a part of. Right. You know what I mean? It's like the, it's almost like the duality between like power, power and agency or because those people, those like heads of state, like the, like the JFK and Khrushchev, like they had tons of agency and tons of power. Whereas like Stanislav in that one moment where he's deciding what to do with nuclear missiles on the way has so much power, but like no agency almost type of thing. Unless he completely throws his what what is expected of him out the window yeah right 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 well and i mean yeah you can also argue that to a certain extent especially like i think now more than when jfk was president like the president is kind of a push button job in certain Mm. senses right like they don't have as much power and jfk was sort of the last president where before that was really like you want to call the deep state or whatever so like I I don't want to say like JFK there wasn't like obviously like JFK had considerations to make to like and you know maybe he maybe he did suffer some consequences like Petrov did in I a think certain he for way. sure did 
yeah but like i don't want to be too conspiratorial but yeah that's no a, no that's, a, that's pretty low-hanging fruit <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, exactly uh but yeah i think um it it is interesting the contrast and also sort of like the the way that having this power also puts these you know like when you're in these systems um institutions uh ideologies whatever like you you aren't really just free to do whatever you want you might have power but that power has boundaries and if you cross it there are are consequences and in certain ways it sort of like forces your hand like you know in in certain ways like the iron laws of the systems we're under prevent you from acting in certain ways that would not be conducive to maintaining that power or whatever right Right. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I think like we'll start to see that uh, uh, Petrov did suffer some pretty massive consequences from going against the grain. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah, we can leave uh, a Cuban Missile Crisis behind. As we all know, we did not. Arrivederci. Things all worked out. The situation was diffused. Um, so now, yeah, back to back to Stanislav. So he graduates from the academy in 1972, and he gets married to uh, Raya. They get married in 1973, and uh, and she gives birth to two children, Dmitri and Yelena. Um, but she also contracts cancer, uh, and and the diagnosis isn't very good for her. Um, and the world just keeps handing handing this guy L's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah so that was that's and her sad. too obviously <laughs> that sounded really shitty oh man his wife is dying that sucks for that guy uh, yeah the, the, his wife <laughs> but um he also so this is around the time that he he joins the soviet air defense force where he rises through the ranks quickly and becomes uh head of a department that oversees uh this new early warning uh missile detection system um that is the Soviets designed to detect uh, incoming missiles from NATO countries. And tensions are really high around uh, this period. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of not as high as it was maybe in like the sixties, like when the Cuban missile crisis was going on, but things have just like entered a new period of high tension because mm -hmm. um, just to kind of like set the stage of what was going on around the time there were, um, Reagan had kind of recently just been elected president in the US and he wasn't too keen on on USSR he had declared them an evil empire uh so he was kind of like hey put your dukes up and he had called into hey, play put your dukes up <laughs> yeah, I was like <laughs> I found him go. too single-handedly in the studio <laughs> <laughs> nice that's a great nice reagan. nice reagan buddy Jeez. I... <laughs> today i learned joe yeah. practices his reagan impression oh i love doing reagan in front of the mirror, just walk around the house being like dialing it in <laughs> this couch is quite lazy it's on welfare like he's just got a he does have a soothing grandpa voice he's like oh well back when i was in the military the evil empire the evil empire they're evil yes you know that is pretty great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so he calls Russia the evil empire, and then he he starts this strategic defense <laughs> Russia, initiative. Russia, of course, the evil empire, and Nancy, my wife, the blowjob queen of the Paramount. <laughs> uh, she, she doesn't like them very much. <laughs> Sorry. What are you talking about, well, Nancy? Extra backstory. Well, that's a whole other episode. We'll do an episode on Nancy Reagan. It'll be fun. Nancy, 
she looks like she could give a good hand job. <laughs> Buddy, you better believe it. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I guess that's a look, kind of look that you can have. Listen, it's a it's a look. More power to it's you, str- Nancy. It's a strong you, look. You 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 do your good stuff. Well, like know? we were talking about maybe before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> It's not always as easy to deliver the yeah, goods being, on to being the thing the when it's not queen just of the yourself. Paramount lot is no <laughs> mean feat. <laughs> so yeah, so so Reagan also enacts this strategic defense initiative, which involves this missile defense system that the U.S. was going to build, uh, which would protect them from nuclear attacks. The Star Wars missile defense system, or wait, was that separate? I. I might have. This might have been what the Star Wars thing evolved into. Either that, or Star Wars never got built, and that was like his, Star Wars his never pipe. got built. Okay, yeah. that was his, his pipe dream that he wanted. Yeah, um, the movies were super popular. Yeah, well, so that was good. the thing, right? Those movies are so. You guys weird. heard of those, right? They they blew up all the nukes. Oh yeah, in those movies, <laughs> shot them right. right out of the space sky. <laughs> space, yeah, the space sky. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot those weapons up into the space sky. (laughs) Now you shoot those weapons into the space sky, and soon we'll all be dead. We'll be in heaven, and I'll be at God's right hand. It'll be beautiful. And we will be giving him a blowjob under his robes. God, of course, wears white robes. Is okay. Um, And also, so just to raise tensions, ratcheting them up a bit. Three weeks prior to these events. Um, a Soviet fighter had shot down a, a commercial airliner that um, I believe it was actually a Korean plane, but it was flying through Russian airspace towards New York and, mm. and all 269 passengers were killed. That sucks. Including that really 60 sucks. Americans. Ah, the, 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 the important deaths according yeah. to the media. And a governor <laughs> from Georgia. Oh, well, no mm. loss there. No, I'm kidding. Some loss there. You gotta probably be a kind of a big dick to be a governor from Georgia, especially back then. I think yeah. it was from Georgia. You definitely if had you think some they're slaves. racist now. You should have seen them in the sixties. You've or definitely the 80s done some shitty things with your boy with your good old yeah. boys <laughs> on your fucking summer gap year. Yikes. Oh, that's I, I mean, thought you meant I thought you meant a, a different kind of boys doing shitty things to boys. I was like, wow. No, strong sorry. allegations i, I mean it's no, possible I, you know i would but, i don't think I, yeah i don't think i would use that phrasing but yeah phrasing, i wouldn't either <laughs> you made me craig you made me do that you made me you made me but, make that pedophilia joke my bad <laughs> wow okay that was even an even separate thing that i would like to not be associated with <laughs> <laughs> well you shouldn't have done a podcast with me then. i was like <laughs> governor from georgia something something to do with quote-unquote boys oh and you, oh, took, oh, it in oh, a, you yeah. took it in a totally different direction i guess equally hey, equally my, uh, you, vile you, you my mind has been poisoned know. by the internet i'm sorry <laughs> confirmed uh hashtag save the children continue wes right so so yeah so so things were tensions were high again and so yeah people kind of really thought that at any moment this cold war could could get hot and and it very nearly did. Uh, Gonna get because, hot, very yeah. hot. Because on September twenty sixth, nineteen eighty three, as Lieutenant Colonel of the Soviet Strategic Rocket Forces, Stanislav Petrov, our boy, was the ranking officer on duty when the Soviet missile detection system detected 
five incoming missiles apparently launched from the U.S. Right. Oh my gosh! It's like they didn't come in all at once. The system actually like rang out individually for all of them. But um, Can you but imagine yeah, the first one starts, and you're like, oh super shit! Super intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> the second one goes, you're like, oh fuck, triple shoot, fuck, fuck. <laughs> and then like by the Quadruple fifth one, everyone's just like. Ah! <laughs> yeah that is that's actually that's that's exactly how it happens because like he i, I watched this documentary on it and it's kind of like a hybrid doc slash don't worry folks that'll be in the show notes so yeah yeah, yeah it's pretty good actually it's like a i think it's from a danish filmmaker uh Ooh, they did reenactments yeah they did it's it's kind of like a half and half thing so it's I like they have him kind of let themselves off the hook with the fact that there weren't actually nuclear detonations i guess yeah hey? come on guys right <laughs> whatever you can tell the actors Budget. aren't actually scared of nuclear yeah. annihilation was, they're I just mean, thinking they about job. it they did a pretty good job no, uh <laughs> but that's like that's the thing that you 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 see it's like because this missile comes in and he's like okay i'm 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 not i don't think that this this is real i'm gonna like report this as a false mission so he gets on the horn to his superiors and he's like false alarm and then as soon as he hang up the phone like fucking another missile is coming in so, like, uh. <laughs> so he has to do that five times <laughs> oh each missile guys i know this is i i know this is the fourth time i've done this i am i i, I swear fourth time's the charm this was also a false alarm okay and then by the fifth cool. one yeah cool all right we're good we're good just <laughs> yeah. hangs up like the- uh <laughs> Right. By the fifth one, he's like, false alarm? Yeah. You know what, guys? I'm just, I'm not, maybe, maybe someone else should do this. Maybe someone else should do this this time. All right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's. Should have stayed with my potato brother in Vladivostok. It does make you, it does make it seem like how, how close things actually came to, to actual like nuclear war breaking out because it seemed like everyone working around Petrov at this time was like obsessed with the thought of like Americans launching nukes at Russia. Like they were, Gee, they I were wonder basically why. like, yeah, living on a knife's edge, just kind yeah. of waiting, waiting for the, the American strike and hoping that they're prepared to launch that launch their retaliatory strike, which is yeah. kind of how he, he puts it. Um, so when reports of this first missile strike like are coming in their sensors are going off uh like one of the first things that petrov wants to do is just confirm like get visual confirmation because uh he's he's not like 100 percent on board with just trusting the machine so he's like we need a visual confirmation to make sure that these missiles are actually coming before i send this to the higher ups and let what them do you know mean that you don't trust machine machine tells us machine tells us there are missiles there are missiles obviously yeah. petrov come on yeah and and that's pretty much like what everyone around him was screaming at him because apparently like the machine has 30 levels of confirmation it uses to like determine if if a real missile is on the way and each one of these missile strikes that it detected had the highest level of confirmation (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) that is insane okay so and all of them were false alarm all five of them were false alarms that's that's apparently what had happened but what were uh, they what were these well, missiles? Yeah, I'll get to that. Okay, so, good. Okay, so good. I hope they were team... like pigeons or something. Bald That's what I thought. I thought. I thought it was freaking birds. <laughs> yeah. So he he really wants to get visual confirmation. Um, but due to the location of like where they think this U.S. base is coming from, when they use their their missile detection satellites to go get some images of that area, it is like right on where the termination line currently is, and 
the termination line is uh, if you, if you're like looking at a satellite image, it's basically where where night meets day. And so like mm. with the base right on the line there, there was no way that they could make out like get the visual uh, like acuity that they needed to determine that like the they could see missile plumes from the rockets like coming over the horizon damn so, so it's like their satellite images were not useful and yeah, when you think uh, about it that might even lead more credibility to it being an actual attack because you would think maybe maybe they, these clever they were Americans, doing it on like, planned it like because they knew yeah some american big dogs launched <laughs> yeah, their missiles at night exactly. so we can't see the plumes yeah uh <laughs> very so it was like super high tension and like the missiles they thought that once they're launched they only have like 20 minutes to to hit their target so oh, no. clock's ticking um but you know it like passed through all 30 levels of like detection confirmation um and then more missiles come in and they all pass that detection or pass that confirmation level um so he's kind of wondering what he should do uh, because like, especially knowing the, the level of devastation that like these missiles can bring, like they're not the same missiles that were used in like Hir Hiroshima and, and, uh, Nagasaki. These like, were like so... kindler, gentler nukes. Yeah, uh... no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those, it would have made those nukes look like it'll, it'll bitty baby. Oh, nukes. they were worse. I was thinking yeah. you were saying like, okay, I understand. So. Well, there are that's the thing. So there are tactical nukes now that like Russia is like threatening to maybe use in Ukraine, right? And right, they right, they would yeah. have a smaller payload than than the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs. But these bombs, what a comfort! That, what a yeah. lovely <laughs> yeah, thank right. you, Russia, for only tactical using tactical precision nukes. nukes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sold. I legit, no, that, that's like no a, yeah, that's what makes me sleep well at night is that we have tactical precision nukes, smart bombs gun safeties right. you know these right. things really really help to make and conscientious leadership yeah yes. exactly exactly Most of all, <laughs> sleep so good at night because what this story proves is that uh putting more technology into your lethal weapons makes them safer and less likely to cause an international incident <laughs> <laughs> totally exactly uh yeah so uh what the u.s uh was thought to be deploying there because what they had mostly in their arsenal um, were were what they're called Minuteman missiles, and so apparently one like the Minute like man, the Missy Elliott song. I spelt I the same at least. No one minute man. <laughs> yes, yeah. that is a Missy Elliott song, right? I didn't yeah. just do a yeah. racism, did I? Okay, I don't know. Missy Elliott's yeah. dope. <laughs> Treasure. Uh, yeah, Thank so you, the Missy Minuteman Elliott. missiles. Um, they have been described as one minute man missile if you took if you took all of the bombs that were detonated during world war ii over the six years including the two nukes if you took all of those together then you'd have about 10 percent the destructive force of one minute man missile <sighs> and and the us i think at this time had over a thousand <laughs> and so it's just like it's yeah. like, hey, you know all that, you know all that the the worst war this world has ever seen, you know that one where we 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 literally destroyed two cities and poisoned them for years. Yeah, yeah. I want like like a million times <laughs> more death. That's what we need to keep keep the peace right. around here. 
Like, like you know? the bomb is like, that's mm-hmm. what happens if you like scrape against the fin of the bomb yeah. of the missile, <laughs> like, ah! like two, two cities are ruined for Minimum. centuries. Yeah. yeah. And if it actually explodes, like we wouldn't even be able to calculate it. Just it's over. The, the but, earth will yeah. be but a you donut. Even scrape, you even scrape against the fin and like yeah. two cities automatic, two cities done. <laughs> yeah. The fin just years. explodes. <laughs> so it's like, like the two cities are gone, but the rest of the bomb minus one fin is sitting there. Right, still good, still good to use. So yeah. good to go, yeah, exactly. Chuck, that's chuck that puppy. That's, over. What, that's how we designed it, brother. Yeah, but make sure you chuck that puppy over at twilight so that they can't see the, mm-hmm. the plumes. Yeah, exactly, because if they Smart. see the plumes, yeah, you want to avoid the plume detection. Yeah, yeah. So these missiles were like super destructive, and but even even still, like it would it would still take dozens or maybe even hundreds if you wanted to completely destroy a landmass that's you know the size of oh, the I Soviet want. Union. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so I, I never met a landmass I didn't want to destroy. Yeah. Just for fun. <laughs> you Just to it, see what get happens. Get it out of here. Yeah. 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 I am anti Antarctica. It's like the fucking Simpsons. You gotta nuke something. <laughs> you got you got it. <laughs> Standing there, sitting all white and pretty Just looking. Things so great, being yeah. entirely made of ice. Who do you think you <laughs> yeah. are? Be a oh. normal landmass, all right? Just Have all, some dirt under there. Just all something. melty and shit. Yeah, just fuck like, you. Get it over with. <laughs> been too pristine for too long. I'm Antarctica. I, <laughs> yeah. I do or don't have polar bears, and Joe can never remember which one has <laughs> yeah. polar bears. And probably penguins, or maybe not. Yeah. Definitely. Probably. Definitely penguins. Who knows? Joe doesn't because he's yeah. dumb, and Antarctica makes fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> Antarctica's a sorry. All right, dick. Uh, yeah. First to go, Antarctica. That's what First I've been saying. We're That's why we need. That's why we're nuking we need it. Need the yeah, one if, minute man to destroy Antarctica. If we need to blow off some steam as like a planet, as a uh, yeah. human civilization, I yeah. say we, you know, like let's spare that region. Let's spare the Ukrainians. Let's spare whatever Eastern Europe generally. Let's just spare generally like I don't, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't, I, I don't mm. like this spare Eastern mm. Europe talk. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Well, where else is going to be nuked imminently? Oh, that's a good mm. point. All right. I guess I'm then, saying yeah. I'm saying if it has to happen, like maybe we could convince Putin that the penguins are Nazis. Ooh. And the, the Antarctica needs to be anti or really He is really committed to, to getting Nazis out of right. everywhere. And I'm like, are That's you like looking really in his a mirror? Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, are you projecting? Uh, I think I feel like you're the Nazi. No, no, you don't understand. Putin is worse than Hitler, actually. Right. Yes, Much worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, according to the UN sanctions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... According to uh, CNN, according, according to Swit- Switzerland's position, yeah. <laughs> I think they might be, or he might be. Yeah. So what? He's got a bigger bank account in Switzerland or a smaller bank account? I, mm. I, I, you, you guys lost me. Oh, I just, so Switzerland stayed out, like did not choose a side in World War II. Yes, but, famously. Yeah. But they what? definitely did the banking for both sides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Famously. Yeah. As yeah. they're doing in this case as well. Exactly. Are they? Oh. Fucking Switzerland. <laughs> Switzerland, you are on notice. Damn it. We are about to cancel you if you don't you pick are a second, fucking side. We don't care which one. 
Second Just in line one. for the nukes after Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. We got we got our minute our Minutemans are looking at you. Switzerland. <laughs> if it spills over into France, we don't care. Just you're gonna have to deal with it. Yep, collateral damage. That's yeah. the way these things are done. Right. Uh, yeah. So sta- the the one minute man yes was was or was not launched it well we we don't know yet but petrov knows that if he confirms that there is a u.s missile launch then no one none of the higher-ups no one in the room is gonna is gonna question that they've already got you know the system has detected it it's got confirmation because they're chads and he's he's a beta yeah and everyone's and everyone's like really hard up to launch nukes at the u.s so he knows that if he makes this call yeah, there is going to be certainly it will be a a Soviet counterattack. Right, right, okay, yeah. And so all the all the instruments, like their infrared sensors, I said this is all saying that five missiles are coming. And they're due to strike Russia in mere minutes. Petrov keeps telling his operations crew to double check the readings, double check the equipment, uh, basically doing everything he can to to not make this call to his superiors that say that uh, a U.S. missile strike is on the way. Um, but at this point, he's definitely breaking protocol. Um, and it's mostly a gut feeling that he's going on. Um, but he, he also doesn't trust uh, the missile detection system because he feels like it was rushed into production um, kind of to counter mm. the U.S.'s defense system. So he thinks that there is uh, a chance that, you know, there could be bugs in the code or it's just like it just hasn't been tested enough to know that this isn't a false alarm um, is kind of where where he's at. Uh, But, uh, you know, he he waits and he keeps waiting. And the minute the deadline's approaching for the first missile to strike and they're all kind of just sitting there shitting their pants. Um, But the strike doesn't come and they eventually all breathe a sigh of relief um because just they're... as i do now finding yeah. this out knowing the human race was not destroyed we survived <laughs> surprised we yes it. thank god Incredible, i wasn't though, sure if we were going to make it yeah. yeah yeah um so they you know they try to figure out what was wrong they're doing an exhaustive search to find whatever the bug or glitch uh was and at the time they they don't find anything and Mm -hmm. petrov kind of thinks that it was just you know the universe pulling a prank on them um but in the years uh that did come it was determined that the false alarm was caused by uh kind of a the alignment of sun on high altitude clouds so i think the clouds (laughs) i think it was some hot clouds it was the what it was the air pressure guys (laughs) like damn okay (laughs) <laughs> and some it was some hot sexy clouds up there oh, man. steaming up the stratosphere um and they later did correct that error and uh so so it should be a-okay russian missile defense system um, thank god it's still operating today yes. <laughs> as far as i know <laughs> Very we won't work. look into it yeah nope. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah that's incredible jesus if you think about like the conditioning that yeah. He would have had to have overcome. Well, it's that's one of the things. Um, so he was he says that he is the only one of the only overseeing officers or the only overseeing officer that would have had a civilian education. Everyone else was complete military right. brain, like basically had all their education in the military from the military you know, brain. Yeah, from elementary school and then 
basically yes condition to follow every order to a t and not really question brain brain turn color of camouflage across the entire surface yeah so he feels certain that if any one of his colleagues had been on shift at the time then missiles would have been launched yeah that's wild is uh yeah yeah. it's kind of scary but think it for um, himself what a guy yeah yeah how dare and that's why we must in soviet russia can you imagine yeah well yeah you'd think that maybe he would he would receive some sort of recognition for you know avoiding nuclear disaster uh but he he did not receive any rewards um though the official story is that he was neither rewarded or punished for his actions um in this this doc that i watched um the man who saved the world uh petrov describes that he thinks that he was made a scapegoat for breaking protocols and for finding bugs in the soviet missile detection system uh, which which did have the result of kind of embarrassing his superiors um so like he he's kind of demoted uh not not for like what he did but they so while while this you know drama was was unfolding in the control room uh you're technically supposed to fill out like reports detailing like all of these communications and things like so that right right your superiors can then review it and and know exactly what happened um but his he he didn't fully fill out the report oh you can do the paperwork that's what always gets you and it's because he had he was juggling like five intercoms and being on phones to people and like and so so yeah he didn't he did not take the time to fully Stanislav, fill out the report you did not cross your t here <laughs> right and you did not put the backwards p correctly that's essentially what it was yeah they were they kind of like nailed him on this technicality and kind of found a a way to kind of you know demote him uh without having it being like you know known that super conspicuous we're, we're doing this because because yeah. you made us look bad yeah yeah um so so infidelity. yeah it was infidelity that's why he's being punished yes we won't put over that bullshit <laughs> right that. can you believe this <laughs> no, man let his wife die of cancer nothing, nothing to do with a potential i would have gone into her event. body and fought the cancer myself <laughs> military brain yeah <laughs> full military brain yeah so really sad um he Petrov would later take a position uh, at the military institute where they designed the the warning system, um, likely hoping to to correct the flaws that um, almost led to this nuclear Armageddon. Uh, but he didn't stay there for long because his his wife got really sick, and so he he retired kind of to take care of her. Um, he he kind of completely lost his status in the military before then. Um, uh, so yeah, not not kind of the honorable discharge you would want for someone who probably saved you know the world, but that's kind of that's where where that's he was. He, that's what humanity yeah. tends to do. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, it's funny it's, how much uh... of a, a trend that is. Yeah, yeah, uh, and also he wasn't he wasn't allowed to talk about the incident at all. So he, like he wasn't even allowed to tell his dying wife. You know. Well, and that was interesting to me. I think like that says a lot about who he is, that despite all this disagreement and sort of like not, and it, 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 it sort of, it also is like an interesting detail of like, you know, you can kind of chalk it up to like military men, whatever he obviously he does isn't completely that way, but like he didn't talk about it. He didn't even tell his wife when she was dying mm-hmm. and like, you know, like whether that's good or bad, I don't know, but 
it it shows you that despite his disagreements with you know his government and whatever like maybe he didn't necessarily automatically think they were they were just an evil death machine and that you know maybe he still did believe in certain things that they espoused whether or not they were actually living up to them at that point or not or whatever Mm -hmm. right or Or they were yeah yeah they were an evil death machine but they were his evil death yes right actually that is a big comfort when it's your evil death machine it makes a lot it makes a evil death machine that you know right yeah absolutely always the evil death machine i can imagine him as an elderly man um as a as a widower um relating to his grandchildren in like very uh very veiled terms, his experiences working, <laughs> working on the rainbow detection machine. And the one, <laughs> the one night that they detected five rainbows in a row. <laughs> Quite a sight. <laughs> five rainbows in a row. Very rare, very uncommon. Everyone, everyone else around me have rainbow brain. Does not understand. Think rainbow everywhere. Think nothing but threat of rainbows all the time. But I understood there must be rain to make rainbow. This is science. This is this is truth. <laughs> <laughs> Two things that Joe has got dialed in: his Reagan and his Russian. <laughs> I'm a child of the eighties and nineties <laughs> pop culture, baby. Yes. Yeah. It's coming through. Yeah. Actually, Simpsons has got you pretty well Simpsons, covered in both I can, those areas. You guys want me to do a voice that they did on the Simpsons? I'll do it. <laughs> Pretty sure that yeah, they do definitely some good Russian and uh, and good Reagan impressions on the Simpsons. I'm, I'm more doing like a like a like a Slavic than a than a full Russian. Uh, but, okay. you know, fair, yeah, yeah. Kalash, Kalash, yes. <laughs> the best uh, is always along the side of us. All right, yeah. <laughs> it's also interesting because I mean, not to. I don't really want to want to credit the Russian military machine, but you do have to wonder. You do got to hand it to when, them sometimes. <laughs> you do have to. Well, hand it you to don't them. have you to do. credit the Russian military you machine. But you I, I, what if I want to once in a while? <laughs> yes, the Soviet military. Okay, fair enough. It's Sorry. like what you're off, you're off the hook with. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you shouldn't take me off that yet because it's like what what do you do when your commanding officer. Yeah, no, he's got to go. Is yeah. sees everything. Court martial. Everything is pointing to. You can't handle the truth. The thing you should do, yeah. and it's like, what happens? What happens the next time when missiles are detected and it's real? But and, and somebody's but someone like, has a gut if feeling. I, if I pretend like this yeah. isn't happening, I'll be. Well, I guess he wasn't a hero, so it's right. not a bad example. But if they made him a hero, then you're encouraging that behavior. Well, and yeah, it goes back to exactly. something we, we talked about earlier. Is like. <laughs> part of the the problem of of this sort of like treating everyone like this exp- individual who can break the wheel and and fix the system on their own um is the truth is like we're all constrained by our circumstances and the again like it, like i said like jfk was despite being an enormously powerful man over the most one of the most powerful countries in the world at the time uh there was only so much he could do to push against mm-hmm. the, what was happening and it's the same with not only petrov but the people the people who who then had to dole out petrov's uh consequences right like there was only they they needed they there was precedent there was reasons 
and and again like i think like what the reason his story is so cool and like kind of got celebrated once it was known is like it's really this sort of like individual story and again like good on him he was right to fucking do everything he did and he saved the world you know uh i will but like um it is a story of an individual sort of triumphing over this like crazy bureaucracy that just like does not you know like the computer is right we have to listen to the computer and it's like the perfect sort of like american individualism triumphing story in a certain sense right like it it sort of like does fall it does naturally lend itself to that type of propagandizing um yeah except that the, the american military functions the exact same way but yeah that's the point but that was the thank idea you, of americanism being that individual noble like it, savage it, right thing yeah by... and if an american military guy had done the exact same thing like we right. might have known about it sooner I, like i'm not going to say that it would have been exactly the same because that nobody's that like yeah. they weren't the same at all but like he would have gotten cons. He would have faced similar consequences for disobeying orders, even if it was the right thing to do, because we've seen that happen before. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. So I guess, you know, his, you know, what happens to him, it, it's, I guess it's not, it's not really surprising, but it's, it's, it, it's sad to see like, you know, kind of him just kind of fall by the wayside when he, when he's like someone who did so much for humanity yeah, well, yeah and how like the arc of history prove like vindicating him mm -hmm. uh doesn't change the fact that he broke the rules and is like deserves right. punishment from the institution that he was a part of because that's antithetical and, to that institution's function right and spent years just not even being able to tell the people he loved what mm -hmm. happened like he felt he couldn't or whatever right for whether that was mm -hmm. like his personal thing or whether that was like he was like well if i tell anyone i'm gonna get a fucking bullet to the brain so you know yeah yeah and so he yeah he doesn't he doesn't tell his wife i it's unclear if he ever tells her like before before she passes um right but but she does her, her condition does worsen and the doctor's like aren't really able to do much for her at this point anymore she he does continually keep trying to like seek help for her but basically at this point the doctors just write her off and, and say there's nothing to do with her and look so yeah Stanislav I don't want to I, I'm just going to tell you straight up we can make a bomb that can blow up the entire world we can make a bomb that's a million times more devastating than the one we dropped on Nagasaki we cannot cure your wife's disease sorry that's a, that's that's great that's great that's exactly what you want to hear it's a, yeah. a wonderful world you know yeah and he's he's like he's devastated by it he he like in the dock it shows him kind of like caring for her in her final days and it seems really rough um but she does pass away in 1997 and it kind of i don't know if this what is what led to him having a nervous breakdown because I did see reports that he had a, a nervous breakdown around 1998. Um, so, I mean, I assume that the deaf I mean, wife would contribute to that. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it wasn't, it's not, not the reason, you right. know, like, yeah. Cause it didn't never in the instances where I read him about him having a nervous breakdown, it doesn't usually, it doesn't mention the death of his wife, but which I thought was odd, but uh, I'll, I'll assume that that contributed heavily to it. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah i don't i don't know if he ever told it to his wife but um i mean also being a secret hero i'm sure those two things were probably weighing pretty heavy on yeah his right because he, he also never told his parents or at the time the doc was filmed um he he had never right. told his parents about it either um i think his dad might be dead but his mom was still alive um but again he doesn't have a great relationship with his mom um so it was said when his wife passed away his mom came for the funeral but she left the next day and then he didn't speak with her again for years cold so yeah not not so great so he's he's left like devastated broken utterly alone um and uh yeah suffering from uh, mental breakdowns in 1998 uh so things aren't so great for Petrov right now, but uh, okay. things will take a turn because in also in 1998, I believe his that's when the first kind of public knowledge of this event happens, um, and it's when his one of his superiors releases a memoir, and it uh, in it it kind of mentions what he did on uh, in September 1983 and kind of louds him as this person that that did avert a nuclear disaster and so that's when the the rest of the world kind of starts to to slowly hear about what he did that day and um recognition kind of grows and some people catch wind of it and and one of those people is kevin costner uh who uh is actually a pretty big movie star in russia I don't know if he's just like one of those Kremlin approved celebs, like your, your, your Kurt Russell's or your Sylvester Stallone's. Well, I mean, if you think about Steven it, Waterworld is basically the Soviet Union from what I've under, <laughs> what I've been told right. in popular culture is like, like right. it's sort of like a similar dystopian <laughs> future, except instead of water, there's snow because right. it's Russia. It's a snow world, really. <laughs> it's like a, right. a winter unwonderland. <laughs> <laughs> i could see it i could see it but it's also i i found out kurt russ or kevin costner plays jfk in the movie based on the cuban yes. missile crisis so i don't know and i don't know all, if that's how they're getting he, him no he's like a reporter was, in oliver stone's JFK. he's in J, the oliver stone jfk yeah. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. should be that six degrees of Kevin Costner, shouldn't it? That was, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. a huge, um, that was a huge release when it came out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of the I last, mean, like, ones Oliver Stone, big ones Oliver Stone did before they started, like, shutting him out. Right. Yeah. Asking the tough questions. How did that, how did that gunman get such good accuracy hanging from that window ledge with by their toes mm. Mm. <laughs> that what that uh, i thought it was on a grassy knoll well yeah, the, grass, the grassy knoll is the altered <laughs> both, yeah. oh, right. both at the same time this is another episode this is another episode <laughs> <laughs> keep right, right. listening listeners don't don't turn don't you can't we're gonna do a grassy knoll episode and you have to listen to the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah, so so Petrov, he he's kind of his plan is to go to um, the U.S. in 2004 to accept an award at the at the UN that they're going to give him to like kind of recognize what oh, he hell did. Yeah, and and so when he's Manhattan back, baby, yeah, they mm-hmm, arrange mm-hmm. Uh, they arrange a meeting of the minds between um, between Stanislav and Kevin Costner, uh, and so they kind of meet 
um, while while Costner's on set filming a movie and they meet in his trailer and kind of have like share a meal and and kind of have a have a discussion with his interpreter, uh, kind of liaising between them. Nice. Um, and Petrov in this discussion, he kind of says that he believes that that nuclear weapons will be used again in the future one day. Um, he, he just feels as long as they exist and and you know countries have conflict it's an inevitability okay that is like an extremely russian viewpoint i don't mean to like undo all of the stuff we're trying to say with this episode but like (laughs) oh no yeah that's yes yes i believe (laughs) these weapons are an inevitability well you got it why not use it is as long as they exist then he believes that they will i'm i don't know i don't i I don't see it like it's not like it's cynical I mean, yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, it's 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 not cynical in the sense of it's very realistic, yeah, right? <laughs> in a very dep- like crushing and depressing way. But yeah, you, you've got a sure. point. Yeah, yeah. No, okay, right. I think I think I get what you're saying though. It's a very like, I just like, mean like yeah, like, glass yes. half empty perspective. Which oh. I think if your country, I mean, if your country's like socioeconomic system had collapsed, <laughs> yeah, if you literally like <laughs> in the last decade, yeah. you would probably feel pretty. Yeah. yeah. No. And half, yeah, again, like it's not even MD-ish. a glass half full glass half empty. It's just like a, yeah, it's, he's right. I, 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 I unfortunately yeah. cannot, cannot fault him for his conclusions. <laughs> yeah. Bleak, but um, yeah, he's got, he's got a perspective. Um, yeah. And, and again, in the, in the same kind of meeting. And is uh, this in that documentary Wes? By yeah, the way? it is. Okay. Yeah. On set with Kevin. Yeah, I was oh, trying yeah. to figure out what movie it was, and I couldn't. I couldn't tell. Robin Hood, two thousand four. Two thousand four. No, two thousand four. No, Robin Hood had been out forever. Yeah. So it would be, I don't know. I'd, yeah, I'd, kind of, he kind of. I didn't really pay attention to Kevin Costner. Costner after the well, movie. he 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 had really he hit his heights and did like the, the mail, the mailman uh, or the postman or something. We're due for a Costner Renaissance. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. I think we are. Let's see. So in two thousand four. Um, no movies came out in 2004, but but he uh, wouldn't have been filming something that, movie. Yeah, it probably. Yeah, no, it's like there's the a couple of movies from film. 2005 and 2006, so it could have been could have even been Mr. Brooks, which was uh, from 2007, okay. which is where he plays a a serial killer. I don't think he had so. his Mr. Brooks hair. It looks like he had longer uh, okay. hair in that one. Okay, so I don't know any of these we movies, don't know. <laughs> uh, but it, you, you can. If, Listeners, little little interactivity portion. If you go to Costner's IMDb page, you can kind of look at the movies around the time and watch the documentary and see what you can see. But bottom line is, because of Stanislav, it was a flop. Yeah, it's so, his fault. Thanks, Stan. He cursed it. <laughs> he wrecked it. Guess, he should have guess, already been through the Costner Renaissance. Guess that's the sacrifice we have to make for humanity being saved. Yeah, exactly. You get to sh- shit all over the rest of Kevin yeah. Costner's career. Fucking God, God. damn it. Oh. Dances with what? Nukes. Dances with <laughs> nukes. Uh, I mean, that shit writes itself. It kind of yeah. rolls off yeah. the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think we should do a little Coming sidebar. Twenty twenty three dances with nukes. The Kevin banana. Costner Renaissance begins. A Banana Boys production. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of funny to see uh, see Petrov kind of fawn over Kevin Costner uh, in that this doc rules. because he's like a to- he's totally like this crotchety old guy. And actually, that's that's one of the interesting things 
about the doc is like how resistant he is to actually being a part of it. And they really have <laughs> it to checks like, out. It checks out yeah. with everything. He's always like, he just does not. I think he's kind of a guy that just doesn't like to go with the flow. You know what I'm saying? Like a bit contrarian. And, and mm-hmm. it's in one case it helps him and in other cases it hurts him. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, he really doesn't want to open up about some of the stuff that, that they get into, especially about his family and his, mm-hmm. his mother. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see um, because yeah, he kind of like is just delighted to see Kevin Costner and hang out with him, And he's like, kind of like befuddled, like talking to him, but uh, yeah, they have some conversations about, uh, about, you know, nuclear war and things like that. And, and Petrov gets into kind of like the scale of what would happen if, if, you know, they had decided to launch their counter attack that day. Mm-hmm. Um, because the first, as he, as the Soviet analysts would have, um, estimated the first Russian strike that hit the U S population would have wiped out over a hundred million people with the first strike. Uh, uh I think you mean over a hundred million Americans, Wes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Some let's top-tier keep, people let's keep let's who, keep the important things in mind all right yes yeah. over 100 million americans and probably and some canadians some illegals as well yeah <laughs> and some illegals as well i guess it whatever can, it can't be helped <laughs> yeah yeah lot, lots of collateral damage in in nuclear war i'm sure uh yeah so so they're talking about you know all, all the horrors of nuclear war and uh and and Coster kind of kind of puts it in in a in an interesting light. He kind of says that we're all connected to Stanislav Petrov's decision in some way. And I think More that like it is six degrees of Stanislav Petrov. <laughs> am I right? <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of a a poignant quote because it's like he yeah, yeah had had. Had he not done that, like, yeah, the world probably would have survived, but you know, well, how I'm 50, 50 on that, man. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, none of us. Well, actually Craig, you you might be here, but I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be here. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, we, everything that, that, that we, we think of the world today would, would not be. And, yeah, that's kind yeah. of crazy. Different things could have totally happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah. from there, who knows? Who knows yeah. what the what like the eastern seaboard would look like after something like that? Who knows what Europe would look like after something yeah. like well, that? Well, I yeah. imagine deserts. Oh. Lots well, lots of lots of deserts. It's so funny fun. though how much nuclear testing went on though, like during those periods. And it's like, where were you? Yeah. You're just blowing this shit up underwater and shit. You're just blowing these things up underground. Well, like, where what? else are they gonna blow it up, Wes? <laughs> yeah. Russia Russia was doing it over to the north and the US yeah. was doing it down in the desert and over right. and over the Caribbean and like yeah. over the yeah. Pacific. Or I mean, yeah. Just like vast open bodies of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just blowing. Just letting off bang bangs. Oh god damn. <laughs> Just letting that nuclear dust float right. free. Yeah. yeah. So messed up. We just, scary, didn't know. we just didn't know. I love how like <laughs> like <laughs> we do an episode and we just find five other awful things to bring up about the world. <laughs> Which, you know. Yeah. 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 The other yeah. thing that that Costner he kind of he asks uh Stanislav. Like if you were king of the world, like how would you fix, 
how would you fix like the world in terms of like conflicts and like our arms race and things like that and and petrov responds by saying like we need to forget about the past and let go of our hatred thousands of nuclear missiles aimed at each other on a hair trigger it's insane nobody wins in a nuclear war we have to learn to coexist as brothers or perish like dinosaurs the best way to destroy an enemy is to make them your friend oh man i never thought of that before stanislav it's beautiful. I like the idea of just destroying the enemy, but like the individual doesn't get destroyed. Just the fact that they're your enemy gets destroyed. I mean, it right. depends on what kind of friend you are. How, what kind of, yeah. But I'm just, I'm just thinking about this. There's a few people I, I got to start I, making I friends with. I, I think you're overthinking them. this. <laughs> <laughs> to destroy them as enemies. I am a underthinking it. <laughs> just so I don't know why I brought no. Reagan back for that one. Well, Glad you did. The best way to destroy an enemy is to make him your friend. <laughs> and I was yeah. fighting Hitler in World War II. <laughs> just, gonna, just said, hey, the director, the director said here. action. The director and said, I, honey, uh... honey, I want you to give him a good shock across the jaw. And I said, I won't do that because my knuckles are insured for over $40,000. Well, all right. Okay. But I will give him a sweet roundhouse. <clears throat> give him a good roundhouse kick to the face. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so yeah, he, he accepted um, an award. Uh, this was kind of what the documentary was in 2004. He was given the world citizen award Hell yeah. um, in recognition for his part in averting a uh, nuclear catastrophe. Get this. So not only did he get a trophy, he also got, a thousand dollars for that. Oh, <laughs> that's like a million rubles. That's pretty. That's pretty dope, right? That's a lot of money. In recognition for averting nuclear war that almost destroyed the human race, here is one thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, does seem like a little. And it's like, but I mean, uh, let's just say, look, in in Russia, like, not only was he like demoted and kind of like cast out of the military, he also like couldn't even survive on his pension at one point i think he was growing potatoes just to just to like subsist in memory of his potato brother yeah so at least at least the u.s gave him something but they also gave him another (laughs) award oh no this is germany because he was awarded he was also awarded the dresden (laughs) peace prize uh which is i guess a german award he got that in 2013 and that gives twenty five thousand oh, dollars. So okay. not bad. Well, th- twenty five thousand dollars definitely makes up for everything else, right? That's yeah. not bad. <laughs> well, that's twenty six grand now. Yeah, that's so true. Actually, that's between a good point. all awards yeah. considered. That's, that's like yeah, that's it's like, like a year salary for right. somebody who earns twenty six. It's like a year salary for a part time McDonald's employee. Fuck exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or saved the planet. Then right. you know, get some Big Macs going. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Or that's like, it's like 0. 0.06 cents for every potential live he might have seen. There you yeah. go. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. And what about the subsequent lives that those lives could have created? Right. So, exactly. I mean, it gets, so, makes it even less per So, what you're saying is under our current economic system, human lives are worth about 0. 0.6 of a cent. Right. Good to know. I mean, good I mean, to know for calculations. It's good to know the value. The value of a human life, yeah. yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and also in, in 2018, he was posthumously honored. Sorry, yeah, I should mention Wait, he actually died what? in 2017. He's, de- he's dead he's now. Oh! 
he he's did not die. immortal. He should be immortal. They should have made him immortal. No. That's what. That's what they should have. They should have rewarded him. Yeah, should have given him that immortality juice. That uh, yeah, I think maybe he'll the, get like, a statue one day. Stroke of irony. He should have become some sort of nuclear powered super. Yes, a super Petrov. Yes. <laughs> Um, super stan <laughs> yeah it, uh, i'm i'm struggling to find an appropriate name for him but we can definitely workshop this and come yeah. back to the table yeah. with something a bit better Giga Petrov. We'll, we'll we'll pitch it to costner for the movie yeah yeah exactly yes <laughs> gotta get yeah. costner on board for sure uh, yeah so yeah in, in 2018 so a year after his death he was honored in new york with the future of life award and that's was a fifty thousand dollar award <laughs> posthumously posthumously <laughs> so his estate got they were like yeah. here's 50 grand dead guy <laughs> yeah. Yeah, more than you ever were rewarded for yeah. this oh, deed while Jesus you were living fucking i'm guessing Please. it went to his son or his daughter oh yeah wait uh yeah so Yes, his oh no, it went to his daughter. His son okay, missed okay. his flight to New York because the U.S. Embassy delayed his visa. <laughs> that's that's about par for the course. Uh, we love our heroes, folks. Yes, we really do. But not their kids. Yeah, fuck the kids. They got to stay. Kids. Yeah, and yeah. so at at that at that award ceremony, um, UN Secretary General Ban Ki Moon had said of him. It is hard to imagine anything more devastating for humanity than an all-out nuclear war between Russia and the United States. Yet this might have occurred by accident on September 26, 1983, were it not for the wise decisions of Stanislav Yagravovich Petrov. For this, he deserves humanity's profound gratitude. Let us resolve to work together to realize a world free from fear of nuclear weapons, remembering the courageous judgment of Stanislav Petrov. Give him all of Elon Musk's money. That's okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're very grateful for you. Here's $50,000. Now I that like you're that. dead. <laughs> I take uh, it, but I mean, obviously, sure kids a, were happy. Averting nuclear war is important, but it's not as important as shooting a car through an underground tunnel at high speeds. <laughs> right. I'll get this though. This is the best part. So, on the same day that he was honored for that award, uh, the um, like the Russian, whatever federation, yeah, Russian federation, uh, issued a press release that, uh, contending that a single person could not have started or prevented a nuclear war. <laughs> Stating in part, Fuck. under no circumstances, a decision to use nuclear weapons could be made or even considered in the Soviet Union or in the United States on the basis of data from a single source or a system. For this to happen, a confirmation is necessary from several systems, ground-based radar, early warning satellites, intelligence reports, etc. Basically, Russia's so what saying, they're saying is, Fuck you, we, we don't like this guy. <laughs> He did. He did a bad, bad. I love how like the Soviet Union has dissolved, and they're still like, "Fuck you, no." Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. The best part is, it's like, oh, so what are you guys saying that in 1983, five missiles did strike the the USSR, or that and... the friendly, friendly USSR at a at a <laughs> systemic level were like. Let's just wait and see how this five missile thing plays out here. We don't want to get too hasty with our defensive measures. (laughs) Makes sense. That that checks out from what I've heard about the USSR. You know, we could probably spare St. Petersburg. Yeah. No big deal. Nobody cool lived there anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And then actually the 
the, this whatever nuclear expert from the from the U.S. released like a counter statement that said, uh, at the time, the U.S.-Soviet relationship had deteriorated to the point where the Soviet Union, as a system, not just the Kremlin, not just Andropov, not just the KGB, but as a system, was geared to expect an attack and to retaliate retaliate very quickly to it. It was on a hair trigger alert. It was very nervous and prone to mistakes and accidents. The false alarm that happened on Petrov's watch could not have come at a more dangerous, intense phase in U.S.-Soviet relations. At that time, according to Oleg uh, Kalugin, uh, a former KGB chief of foreign counterintelligence, the danger was in the Soviet leadership thinking. The Americans may attack, so we better attack first. Petrov said that he did not know whether he should have regarded himself as a hero for what he did. Um, but you know, he I'm kind sorry. Of... This, that, that shit just sounds like people arguing on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it that's what was. this comes down that, to. That it's that like was basically a, a clap back. A yeah. Twitter argument between two world powers. Yeah. yeah. It was <laughs> like, um, actually you guys were dumb and this guy saved your butt. <laughs> like, uh, actually epic thread about the USSR's readiness. <laughs> Yeah. Strap into the fax machine. One out of question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> yeah, he, Petrov kind of never even regarded himself as a hero. He he kind of just sees himself yeah, as, uh, yeah, as a, a cir- victim of circumstance. And uh, he, I mean, he's, he's not wrong. Quoted, yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. That man is a victim <laughs> of many victim, circumstances. Yeah. yeah. But I don't Jesus. know that everyone would have necessarily. Yeah, responded yeah, that way. That's a good point, for sure. And and well, at least based on accounts, they almost certainly would not have. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just want to finish on this last quote that uh, he kind of gave in in that doc, um, and he says, "All that happened didn't matter to me. It was my job. I was simply doing my job, and I was the right person at the right time. That's all." Yeah. Hell yeah, Stan. We stand Stanislav. We yeah. stand Stan. Yeah. Stan the man. We stand with Stanislav. Mm. So we'll see. Maybe cooler heads will prevail Hopefully. in the coming months. And here's hoping. Yeah. We'll never have to worry about. Uh, Maybe. Hopefully, cooler heads will again. prevail at least until this episode releases. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> That's all. Because <laughs> not. Because we just have to get to that point, and then when everybody hears this episode, they'll be totally convinced of everything we said, and the war will be over. Oh, yeah. That's the power of one man can make a difference, just like Stanislav Petrov. In this case, three men doing a podcast. Three men, but combined and working as one. Yes, yes. yes. Three, it takes... three men combined to do the work of one man. Yes, one exactly. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> when we combine... Checks out. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks well, for a great episode of Second Bananas, Wes. Yeah, oh, that was thank awesome. You. Yeah. I remember fun. first hearing about um, Stanislav Petrov from uh, like a Noam Chomsky lecture oh. or something that he brings him up. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Um, as like the man who sold, who saved the world. Oh, that, and I was like, Christ, that's crazy. Really? Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and endorsement this, from Chomsky. Yeah. I don't think I'd heard is... of him until this. I feel like I, like the name sounded vaguely familiar, but this is the first time I've heard the whole thing. So yeah, yeah. well, they, oh, yeah. they didn't make that's a flashy awesome. Hollywood movie. Like no, they, they did, did the not. Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, the... God. <laughs> 
maybe maybe if the russian fucking hollywood ever gets off the ground no yeah hopefully that happens putin yeah. maybe you should drop this war thing and get on the russian hollywood. you mean yeah. kamchatka hood yeah exactly <laughs> they're still working I love on it kamchatka hood. <laughs> <laughs> they've they've gotten to the m in the giant sign that's how far they've gone yeah. so it's getting worked on that production keeps on getting held up yeah yeah because uh, they're because they're building it with palladium or something i'm like yeah you why chose you a bit of better of a material guy. they're like so people flex. keep asking like why are you using palladium you could just use wood and then they just shoot them <laughs> <laughs> and keep working and then they gotta hire someone else to fucking yeah put exactly. up the sign. it's very inefficient i don't get it uh, well Thank you, listeners, for tuning into this episode of Second Bananas, his podcast about history's greatest Garfunkels. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at number two bananas pod. You can email us secondbananaspod at gmail.com with your questions, suggestions for topics, or if you just want to yell at us for mistakes we made, we're cool with that too. We're not going to read it, but we're cool if you do that. Yeah. Uh, and you, I'm, all caps uh, is a good way to indicate yelling. We enjoy that. <laughs> yes. That's a, that's a, that's how we know not to read your email. Bolded all caps are yeah. even better. Try it. Try it. Just see how it makes you feel. Because really, at that point, it's about how writing that email makes you feel. Also, asterisks. Don't shy away from the asterisks. Yes. Lots mm-hmm. of asterisks. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time for another episode of Second Bananas. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.